dude it's been forever since we've recorded it's been like four or five weeks right that's really uh, it's been at least i think it's been four because all three episodes we recorded when you came here for my birthday are now live as of today so mm-hmm. and we haven't recorded anything after that so this is the first time that we're recording and and it's remote um also for whenever we do get this live in the future I had to switch to my uh, really cheap webcam. So there's like this really weird kind of purple hue to everything. And uh, because... I thought you were just going for like an Instagram filter or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. That's kind of cool. I appreciate you saying that because my $130 Elgato face cam is a piece of trash. And mm-hmm. it like, that's like what I've been recording the last like 20 videos on, I think. But it's like, um, the the quality is super great, but it just constantly freezes randomly, and you can't have that happen when you're recording an hour long podcast, and it could just happen at any time. And yeah, what solves it is unplugging it or restarting the computer. But like, there's a chance that it'll happen again. So I read a bunch of stuff where it's like you can update your BIOS, you can do check USB C ports, you can um, uh, switch out the cable, and like I'll try all of that. But like I've done most of that, and it doesn't do anything. And for what it's worth, I built my computer in 2021 um, with an art like an RTX 3070, and it's got a um, um, ASUS motherboard on it that's pretty decent. And it's just like uh, it's just and yes, it is in a USB USB three slot. So I I don't know. Uh, frustrating. So now we're using this cheap. I what I need to do is just get like a secondary camera up there. I want to get like a Canon because um, I have a Panasonic Lumix G85, but it's a great camera on its own. But the problem with that is if you plan to like use it as a webcam, it's terrible. You have mm-hmm. to. Uh, there isn't like a good solution for. Um, um, using it as uh, as a webcam, except if you use like the cam link, the Elgato cam link, which that also causes things to freeze. So it kind of seems like the common denominator here is Elgato. They need to get their shit together. Um, and uh, but I, I can use my G eighty five just as like a camera to record all of this, and then just kind of mash it up. But like, frankly, I don't. I I barely have the time to cut these podcast episodes, let alone do the video work, which is why we don't have video work up. So maybe when we yeah. have a video person and we start having the money that we want to start throwing at this podcast, then we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, it's kind of the thing that needs to justify itself is we need the finances to say that this is worth doing more into. I guess we, we have had sponsorship inquiries at this point too, but not anybody that we feel comfortable uh, doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, we had someone that wanted to sponsor us that was that they they sold like white label services to agencies where like you would, you know, start your own agency, but then like they would execute the services for you. And um, one, we're kind of against that Um, one doing it for our agencies. And I'm adamantly opposed to it because logistically it just seems stupid. It just seems like you don't know how to do your job. And so now you're outsourcing it. I've got all kinds of feelings on that. We can cover it in a different episode. But um, now that I've... If it's different, if like Hover or... I don't know. I'm trying to think. I like Hover, so that's like my go-to. Uh, who else do we use? Google Workspace. Like, they're going to reach out. Like, that's not going to happen. But if they did, I'd be like, ah, yeah, we can talk. We can... Yeah. We can at least entertain this. Or like non-industry uh, sponsors. Like, I use... Um, mm-hmm. I use early bird, which is that like morning cocktail you can get in the U S uh, I, I use it every morning, like religiously now I can't wake up without it. And, um, like if they were like, yeah, we'd like to sponsor the podcast. I'd be like, cool. Yeah. Cause I actually use that, but I, for, but for now, like, I mean, they're getting free sponsorship from me right now. So why would they do that? Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay. I voiced my so, frustrations about Elgato. I was, I was going to ask you about Japan. Yeah, this, that's the big thing is it's been so long now that, uh, well, well yeah, I'm in Japan, um, so that's cool. And I was going to say the number one thing that nobody really drives home enough, and it, it will depend on where you go, but this would have been really useful and helpful to know, 
And it's, you should really bring slip-on shoes. I, they say it, but they don't drive it home enough how convenient it would be. Because you're constantly, and it depends where you are, but there are enough. It's like the second time you do it, you realize, oh no, like I've made a mistake. <laughs> so Laura, Laura's been doing a lot of research on this. Um, and I, I told her that you mentioned that and she goes, yeah, I know. I read about it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so like we're on like she and looking at nice slip on shoes. Um, mm-hmm. she's also looking at other things too, that I kind of wanted your input on too, which was, um, for the listener, we're going to Japan at the end of, uh, next month to, to meet up with Cody for a few days. And then kind of just mm-hmm. bop around and do our own things. Um, and we're going to record yeah, a, you. yeah, and we're going to record an episode in Japan. So, um, yeah. like our Columbia episode only with better quality. Uh, but, uh, she was also saying that like, okay, so she has to dress apparently very conservatively, like long dress, no cleavage, that kind of stuff. Um, and then apparently it's in some places it's considered kind of rude. If I wear dark pants, is that a thing? Mm, yeah maybe that's not it's I, it's not a major concern i would have i would be more concerned about like wearing shorts in a in a professional environment or something yeah well not she, she much did, less about the color well, i you. guess i guess um the way that she said it, it was like you, you know it's in uh it's improper to wear or improper to wear shorts in in, in certain aspects and then also to avoid dark colors hmm so well, like, if that's the case, I'm just constantly rude because I'm just straight up wearing black. I'm like a ninja all the time. It's just all black all the time. Uh, so I shouldn't worry about the pants, the dark pants too much. But No, no, not at all. Um, shorts, that's a fair thing to say. It is true. People dress conservatively here in general. Like the women wear long flowy clothing that isn't revealing at all. And then the, the men, I mean, it's kind of funny because when you're in Tokyo, and, you know, we pass through Yokohama, you see it, everybody's wearing suits, right? Mm. You're like, ah, yeah, I heard about this. You know, this isn't really surprising. And then you get to like Kofu and then you still see people wearing suits. <laughs> it's like, it's just like being in Des Moines. to Walmart wearing my suit. <laughs> and it's like being in Des Moines and you're like, whoa, what? Come on, guys. We're like, we're like five miles from corn, right? <laughs> What are we doing? But I don't, it, I, yeah, so. I don't see people even in Minneapolis wearing suits down the street. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they, they do. Um, the men do dress. I mean, it's, I don't know if conservative, it's like just professional and yeah, the jeans are pretty much reserved for the weekend. Right. Um, and there's mm-hmm. parts of the U S that are like that too, right? Like if you work for a bank or something like that, it's obviously to be a similar sort of setup, but um, where were we? Yeah, the shoes thing is big. Oh, I always find it weird when people wear suits at the airport. Like, um, mm. I I can't like. There's just so many people wearing suits at the airport, and like, I, I get that. Like, you know, you get off a plane, and the first thing you do is go to a conference. But there's people wearing suits at the airport at like 6 p.m. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, oh, so yeah. Here's the thing. Um, and I didn't put two and two together until afterwards, and Jenny said something. So. It's uncommon to be white, <laughs> right? Like you, you get especially in Kofu, you get looks. People look at you. You know, we've had our picture taken twice now. It's really that's yeah, so cool. Um, <laughs> but when we uh, when we landed in the airport, we were at the Haneda terminal, one of them, and um, I just saw it, just a pack, just a large pack of white dudes, right? Like ha. just white business bros. In varying ages from like 35 to 65. Did you go take and their picture? I, I did not. But I I was just, I didn't know what to do. I was really surprised. I'm like, ah, I have no, you guys don't look like athletes. I don't know what's going on here. Like, I don't know why there's such a high, like dense concentration. And then I didn't understand what language they were speaking too. But so Jenny had run to the bathroom. She was on her way back and she said, did you see that? And then I said, yeah, like I saw it, but I don't know what I was seeing. She said, they were all French. Like all of those guys were French. Oh. I said, oh. She okay. said, they look like pussies. <laughs> yeah, I can't, we just lost some listeners. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> hey, hey, you can't make fun of yourself. Um, But no, so I, I, what I realized, though, is I thought about it. And like, I, have no, I don't know. Like, they're probably here for business, right? I don't know what they would be doing, but it's probably business. And then I put two and two together and realized, oh, 
we're here during G7. So oh. there's a lot of people flying in. Is G7 all, it's not always in Japan. Right? They, they move it around. No, 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 no. This time it was in uh, Hiroshima, I believe. Somebody, should, we should fact, I'm like somebody, somebody's oh. fact-checking me live. Um, wait, how far is Hiroshima from Kofu? From Kofu? Oh, uh, wait. Oh, so they fly into Tokyo cool. and then like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was, was they like, they're either coming into what is Haneda or uh, Narita. And then from there, they'll, you know, take a, a smaller plane to Hiroshima or something like that. But people aren't really taking direct flights there. Not, you know, unless you're really important. Like, what is it? Zelensky or Dude, something. The, I, uh, I hope he got. The last time we took a direct flight to Hiroshima, it was like 70 years ago. I don't get it. Oh, it's um, um, World War Two. Oh, I thought you said seven. No, 70. 70. No, I, I 80. It. 80, maybe. <laughs> it was a dark joke. It was dark. We lost our Japan listeners. Um, <laughs> so, so far, we've lost the French, we've lost the Japanese. They keep it up. <laughs> and the English, you talk funny too. Yeah. Because strange accents. <laughs> we don't like your teeth. That's our second biggest market, uh, the UK, the UK in <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah. So, how, how overall, how are you liking Japan? How's Jenny liking it? Um, so those are two questions, right? Me, uh, I love it, uh, even more than I thought it would somehow. It, it feels, I don't know. I, I've never felt more at home in a place. Uh, even though you, even though you're white, right. And you're like, of course I don't fit in here. I'm not Japanese, but just so much of this, because I spent some of my formative years here, a lot of it just clicks and it feels natural. Um, Jenny's liking it even more than she thought. And the only thing is she's just struggling with the language, which is understandable because it's brutally hard. Um, but everybody's super nice, super accommodating. Um, we're super fortunate and super lucky that we got where we did. So uh, I think I mentioned it before. Just repeat again. We reached out to the sister city program in Des Moines that connected us with Kofu City, which is like the the capital of uh, Yamanashi Prefecture. So um that makes sense that they would be partner cities. And then through that, I was able to get connected with um, a co-working space here. And it's the only one that's 24 hours. And the owner of the co-working space, uh, his name is Mr. Kanai. And he's just top-notch. Like, everybody that he's introduced us to, like, it sounds very Japanese to be like, there's no way I can possibly repay this man in my entire life, right, for everything that he has um, already done within just like a week of being here but it's true like just just a good guy i hope he gets all the best things in the world and uh i am like the martians in toy story eternally grateful so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're telling me that though that um jenny was like yeah i really like you here i'm gonna be sad when we leave yeah Yeah. i'm sure we will be too i mean we we have like 10 days budgeted but we lose one going there um because it's a 13 hour flight from us so we'll we'll leave on the 28th and get there on the 29th um like midday the 29th so we basically have eight hours to force ourselves to stay up to beat the jet lag i'm gonna say you get a day to recover then we rally for three days and then you guys i don't think to rally and yeah well i don't think we even i don't if we can stay up for eight hours which if we do i've done the math we'll be up for 24 hours which isn't like an like a hard feat um it, i mean it's 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 annoying and uncomfortable but um sure. if we do that we should be able to fall asleep at 10 p.m japan time and wake up at a decent time uh the next day and then we'll be right on track now the hard part is coming back because when we come mm-hmm. back we'll leave at 4 20 p.m <laughs> nice um and on july 8th and then we uh land in minnesota on at 2 20 p.m on july 8th so it's like nothing happens but the, <laughs> the the problem with that is let's say we get to the airport in in tokyo at um i don't know 1 p.m because we've got to go, to go through customs and everything like that even if we wake up at like 11 um from 11 until our plane takes off at four that is five and a half hours of being awake 
And then we have uh, 13 hours uh, or an 11 and a half hour flight, which is going to be put us about 17 hours until we get home. And then we have uh, to stay up for another eight hours. I guess it's about the same, really. It's not that terrible. We just oh, this reminds me of something, but I want to let you finish first because I'm about to, I'm about done. No, I guess it's about the same. I like if we just stay up twenty four hours, we can beat the jet lag. Yeah, do your best in one day. <laughs> yeah, well, I um, yeah, she'll take off that extra time if she needs to. I think she'll take like two or three days to take uh, take it off. But like, I work from home, so if I have severe jet lag, I'll take naps between meetings. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, but so I, what I was going to say is, so we've had uh, two people from the Kofu City government really help facilitate a lot of this. Uh, one woman's name is Fanny. She's actually French, so she's fluent in French, English, and uh, Spanish. And in Japanese, brilliant. Um, her intelligence is... She can speak four languages? No, sorry, three. French, English, uh, Japanese. Oh, not Spanish. Yeah. Okay. I messed it up. Um, and then Mr. Oda, who's just like one of the coolest, suavest Japanese guys I've seen. I don't know. He's just, and I like that his name's Oda, like the One Piece. Uh, don't watch One Piece. All nerd stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I'll just, I'll stop there. But anyway, so they, um, they're going to be coming to Des Moines during the Iowa State Fair because the mayor of Kofu City is going to be visiting uh, for the Sister City program. So, um, Finney had been messaging me just some of the details about the flights and stuff. And I said, honestly, it's not great. And there's no great way to do it. You're, you're, if you go from a landlocked state to another landlocked state in another country, there is no smooth way that that's going to happen, right? All of the major airports, uh, are not going to be where you are. So you're going to have connections of some sort and it's just, it's going to be uncomfortable at some point. Yeah, well, except for, like, Minneapolis. Uh, ah, true. That's, true, like, the true, one true. landlocked good international airport to come into in the U.S. Because uh, we, yeah. we have a direct flight from Minneapolis to Tokyo. Yep. No, that's sweet. Um, But, okay. but either way, so either way, yeah, either way you're going from, even if you go to Tokyo, you still have to go Tokyo to Kofu. So the same thing, too. Yeah. If you land in well, Minneapolis, you have to go Minneapolis to it's just It's just Iowa, honestly, man. If you're in Iowa or Wyoming, like, <laughs> It, sorry, sucks. <laughs> as as our business is in Iowa. <laughs> you, we aren't. Well, you are like permanently, but temporarily you're not. Um, but uh, anyway, real yeah. stuff. Yeah, let's jump to the podcast, guys. So, um, I don't. We missed this on our last recording because we kind of got on a high and just recorded like three episodes right in a row and didn't realize that the third episode we recorded when you were here in person was our 52nd episode. And I don't know how many of you out there know this, but there are only 52 weeks in a year, and this is a weekly podcast, which means we have officially been doing this podcast for one year. We've had 52 episodes. And so... We're not one of those podcasts that just dropped off, you know, or you were an early adopter, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I really like this, and then they and you get to 27, and then they just die. Like, I, what happened? I have that with, like, really cringy, terrible podcasts. Like, I love to listen to those, like, wannabe coaches, like, life coaches that are just awful. And uh, I, like, they get to, like, first, like, they're, they're, they release episodes so, like, sporadically. And it'll be like one episode and then like six months later, another episode and then a week later, another one. And they usually get to like 10 or 11 and then they just drop off the face of the earth. And it's so disappointing for me because that's my podcast entertainment. I don't, I don't like to listen to good podcasts. I like to listen to <laughs> terrible podcasts and, yeah. um, which is why I listen to ours quite a bit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but, um, no, yeah, we, we've been doing this steadily for, um, a year and I've never missed a single day. Every Friday since episode number one, a new episode has come out. There was only one time where I missed the midnight deadline because I forgot to hit publish or forgot to hit schedule. So, um, but I did publish it at like noon, I think. So it was within 12 hours. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it would be a good episode. It's kind of a throwaway episode. If I'm going to be honestly, like really honest, there isn't a ton of value in this episode. If you just like listening to us talk and listening to our story and just kind of um, 
you know, hearing how far we've come as an agency and, and just, you know, uh, bros, then uh, this will be a good episode just to kind of turn on while you're driving or just or mowing the lawn or doing whatever. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of talk about our, a lot of things that have changed this last year, not just with the the podcast and, and the agency, but, you know, with our personal lives as well. And I've always been a huge proponent of saying a lot can happen in a year. And I know it's almost kind of cliche, but I don't think people really understand the magnitude of what can actually happen in just one year. And um, I figured, I think it'd be really cool. So like, I'll start with just kind of how the podcast has evolved over a year uh, of doing this. So um, when we first started, I basically told Cody like, hey, download uh, OBS and then here's how to set it up. And that was like a two week process because you couldn't figure it out. And then it was hard for me to do it like remotely. And like you were like sharing your screen. I'm like, all right, go and do this setting and all that. And then you had the cheapest mic that you've been called out for um, yep. in like the first 18 episodes or something. I finally got you to upgrade to the Shure microphone um, that, that I'm using now. Uh, but I've had this since day one. I I dropped like five hundred bucks on podcast equipment, just like yeah. So <laughs> this is the equivalent. Like the podcast is to Jake is Japan to me. Like Jake front loaded a lot of the money to get the podcast off the ground. And I remember when some of the initial questions and stuff when I got here too, people were like, "Do you need um, like receipts and this sort of stuff?" And I just had to straight up tell some people like. This is a personal goal. This isn't a business thing yet. I mean, I do have business ambitions, but similarly, um, sometimes we just front load money that we that are like personal goals and personal dreams. And this has been one for Jake's. So when I did get that uh, mic upgrade too, I didn't pay for it. The company did. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and there there was um yeah okay that was an end of year or it was a we were distributing um. Um, payments out to us because we were like uh, we need to get rid of some of the savings or else we're going to get taxed on it um, and uh, but that was um, yeah like the first few months I think from like May to uh, like late July or August mm-hmm. and then um, uh, I think the, it was a very slow kind of gradual increase on our listeners and um there wasn't until i think our podcast really took off when we had the uh the skylar episode because he's got a relatively big audience and he shared it to it and then we just like skyrocketed and Mm -hmm. i don't know for sure if those listeners just stuck around i know we got a lot of subscribers from that like within like the day of it announcing or like the the day before it came out i think we got like 30 subscribers um from our website which is like um, a fourth of everything that we have now. So, um, but it also sounds small too when we say like, we've only got like 120 subscribers from the website. That's just from the website. We have about a thousand overall between um, um, Amazon Music, between uh, Apple and Spotify, and uh, what are the other ones? Google Podcasts. Uh, yep. But when we do share this, uh, I am going to throw up my... I'm not going to throw up. <laughs> I'm just going to throw up. Yeah, no. I'm going to show our growth um, on... Uh, we'll do daily here. So uh, let me share my screen. I wonder if I can put it in OBS. I don't really want to. Um, we're just going to do it in Google Meet here so that we could just talk about it. Okay, Did you so, prepare? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was no, like, you didn't prepare anything. No, I didn't. No, absolutely like not. No, I don't... Not like anything. a pivot pivot table or something that was about to get crazy no. oh, you'll actually see our explosive growth right around like january when we were in columbia um and it has nothing to do with the columbia episode i think it this was just kind of what we were 30 30 some episodes into the end of the game and then i think it's pretty obvious on this graph when the skyler episode aired uh yeah, yeah so what that was march 16th it's actually march 17th when it aired um, but, um, after that, I, we had a huge drop off, but it looks like we retained a lot of people. And a lo- I think a lot of this kind of came from like, I'm in a lot of agency owner groups and, uh, and social media marketing agency groups on Facebook. And anytime there's a question that we have 
uh, answered on the podcast or that we want to cover on the podcast, I usually direct people to it and say, hey, this information's for free. It's right here. Um, and that alone has driven a lot of traffic to it. But I also think that just the level, the the, the type of podcast we have and the quality of it, I, I think that's more than enough reason for people to stick around. And I'll be even happier if people actually stick around on this episode just to hear some of this stuff because it, it, it just means that people enjoy listening to us, even if it's Yeah, not. these are the people that we need to ask for a review if you haven't left your <laughs> review yet. Because if you're still sticking around, if you're listening right now and you haven't left your review, like, what do we got to do, guys? For real. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, we already told you that you're not going to get a lot of like agency value out of this. We, we were already like, "This one's worthless." You're just <laughs> listening to us just ramble. So, it's, yes, yeah, if you're around and you haven't left one, please do it. Yeah, it's a throwaway episode. Um, but I wanted to show you this graph here. So, this graph here is monthly since we started. Obviously, there's like a huge drop off at the very end. That's because we're in the middle of this month and it's building. So, like, this is where it ended. Um, May 18th for the last actual full month period. But you'll see it's just constant gains. We haven't had a single month that dipped. Um, mm-hmm. And to put it in perspective, so just for some numbers wise, between June 2022 and November 2022, we had like the same listener growth. We had 184 listeners in June um, of uh 2022 and then in november we had 214 listeners so like it barely grew the entire time frame after that december we had 408 listeners we had 749 in january 1332 in february 1390 in march of this year and in this last one april to may we closed out at 1560 listeners so the trajectory is definitely there. And just to, to give you some guys some perspective on, you know, you aren't the only one listening to this. Um, there are other people who to um, enjoy this content uh, just like you. And honestly, that kind of blows my mind. <laughs> we go and I had no idea if people would want to listen. So um, but just beyond listening to like the people who actually engage on the website, because if you go to our website, you can comment on the individual episodes. Um, and Cody and I will usually respond, not usually, we will always respond to them at this point. Yeah. That's a good one. If you want to get a hold of me, there's something about it that I like, if it comes through, I feel an obligation like compared to other things where I can just be like, nah, it's fine. I don't have to do anything about that. But if I see a comment, depending on what it is, I usually feel some sort of obligation to give detail. Now, if you say, if you do like rapid fire, 10, uh, questions in a row or something then i'm going to give you right rapid fire answers back without extreme depth so uh it just kind of depends on what you're looking for be careful about uh what you're asking you'll you but you'll usually get like a, a response from both of us like cody will probably do the rapid fire one and i'll probably add on to that and then also vice versa so um, I really enjoy people commenting on the website. It allows us to engage with people and, and, and lets us know that people are listening and they do care. Um, so, if, Well, and that you're trying. I mean, that's a big thing, too, is a lot of the comments have been people's uh, experiences as they're growing, too. And knowing that you're doing that and not just consuming content, that's big for me. I don't, I don't want to know that all you're doing is listening. I want to know that you're listening and doing stuff. And that you're going out there and building towards a dream. I don't want to hear that you're just a passive consumer and that you have fun listening, but you aren't doing anything about it. I mean, if you are, I say that in assuming that you want to grow something yourself. If you don't and you just like listening to those talks, thank you. That's cool too. I do appreciate it. Um, but it, it's it's much more, not more. It's very rewarding to see people uh, grow. I've I've heard. Um a lot of the people who do comment on the website are like, they, they kind of give us their story. And then I see them comment on later episodes, like weeks later or months later. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really cool. Like Taylor on, he, he posts on there on the episodes quite a bit. And, um, it's been cool to see his story kind of grow and unfold as he listens to the podcast. He, I mean, he probably listened to the first 13 episodes, um, and hadn't started anything. And then he finally got the motivation to do it. And now he's got a website. He's already like looking for, for clients and he might've already landed one. I'm not sure, but he 
was saying like i don't know if it was like for a year or years that he was just kind of like didn't know where to start and kind of procrastinated and then it was this podcast that kind of got him off the ground and, and just doing things and i like Good. i like to follow those stories too because i don't I, I don't want to just have this podcast and then just no one takes the advice and no one takes the steps or it doesn't motivate anybody because then that's just kind of useless for us but yeah there's a there's a hard balance between making this seem cool and fun which it undoubtedly is it is very cool and fun but everybody out there is pimping this out to the max that's what they do so mm-hmm. making this like bringing this back down to ground level and making it very unsexy and very boring while still making it intriguing enough to listen that's what i always wanted i, I wanted people to talk about it in very plain and simple terms not yo here in my garage shoot my way <laughs> I'm at the park at seven or what four p.m. on a Thursday because I can't. You know, I keep uh, I keep hearing um, like, or I keep getting ads on Facebook that it's like, here's how to monetize your podcast. Or did you start a podcast but are struggling to figure out how to make money from it? I'm like, no, I don't care. <laughs> like, like I don't want. I don't like. I I never started this podcast and and thought like, oh, it's gonna make us money. Like, no, that's <laughs> absolutely not what this is for. And I do get asked um, quite a bit, uh, Alex or AJ, who's, who's commented on on a few episodes on the on the website. He even asked me like, "What our end game is with this?" And I'm like, "Honestly, dude, we don't really have one." Two point five in Vanguard, man. Two point five in Vanguard. <laughs> then we're good. We check out. We call it good. Uh, <laughs> I'll always joke that that's. Uh, I'm half joking when I say that's my goal because once I hit two and a half million in Vanguard, I'm definitely slowing down. Yeah, I I. But to to the point of like the podcast, there is some point of monetization, I'm sure, in the future, but it's not going to be anything to where our listeners don't want it. So like we're not going to produce a course that nobody wants uh, or try to push anything on that. We're also not going to advertise sponsors that nobody wants, um, mm-hmm. especially that we don't want. And um, same thing with the referrals. Like we're not going to push anything that we don't personally use ourselves. So if you are a sponsor listening to this and you want us to be a referral, um, first of all, if you're a sponsor listening to this episode, uh, kudos. Um, but yeah, let's hang out. You're probably cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let but, me know if you're in Japan. Yeah, we're going to need to use your product or service before and we're probably not going to. So if we're already using it uh, or in our personal lives, then um, great, let's talk. But otherwise... Um, it might be a waste of your time to reach out to us because we're just not that into trying to monetize this podcast to the max. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we wanted this to be something something special. So it's, I think it's hard to find people who are like, yo, I just did this because I wanted to and I wanted to give back to the to the community. Like, I have nothing to give back to any of our listeners right now. Like, I, I never did. It was more of like, I just wanted to educate. Like, I just wanted to teach people and and oh. there's something there's something about that to entrepreneurship i think too because I don't, there was i think once we hit the point once we hit uh 10k mrgp that felt like the first grown-up step mm-hmm. and uh i remember other people started thinking of of me a little bit differently other than i thought of myself because um when when you're at 10k mrgp with three people you're not you're not living the dream yeah (laughs) um but then as time goes on too and you you keep growing to the next levels but you don't really feel like it's happening or you don't really recognize it um at the time then you see later on that oh i am now those one of those guys that i looked up to back then and i didn't feels weird transition yeah no it's super weird yeah it's it's super weird because it doesn't feel like anything was really different also 10k mrgp like i don't want to sound like i'm coming off as kind of like conceited or anything but like it's not that much like especially like once you get here and once you surpass it like we're we're double almost triple that now and it it 10k just feels like if we drop back down to 10k even with the same amount of staff that we have it would just feel like we're so poor. And um, a lot of that isn't coming into our pockets. Like it's, we're creating a kind of the business economy to where it's, you know, we have this savings account, profit account, marketing account, capital expense account. Um, I'm sure there's another one, payroll account. There's, there's um, the economy of that to where like, you don't actually get a lot of that. And um, well, if you're smart, you don't. 
you're, yeah, you're, not, yeah, you're, yes, you're you being responsible with your money and not just shoveling it all into your pocket. Yeah. Uh, so last month was the first month um, ever that Evergrow, my my income from Evergrow exceeded my uh, uh, my my gross income exceeded my gross income of my day job, uh, which is over six figures. So that was a big milestone for me uh, with Evergrow. And then also this month will beat that. So uh, just based on the numbers that are coming in. So um, to see that to come in like regularly, like that's pretty cool because it's not just my income that's exceeding six figures. It's also yours because we're 50-50. I know exactly how much you make. Um, and Yeah, but I like when other people don't. I like when people have no idea. <laughs> I want people to always be very confused. Like I want people to see your very awesome life and then me and my, you know, 2009 uh, Honda Fit <laughs> and people just feel like, well, so uh, uh, what's happening? So cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, people will always know because I always say Vanguard, but be like, ah, he's putting it. Yeah, but, you don't. But you don't actually. You don't live that lifestyle, right? Like you, you get your your paycheck, and like ninety percent of it goes into Vanguard, and then like the rest of it, you're like, I'm gonna live like a poor man. Yeah, which is how you. Which is how. Some people should live their life. I, that's not my style, man. I want to live my life. I don't want to die with a bunch of money. Well, there's, there's, uh, I think that those are often two different crowds. The, I, I wouldn't call myself a fire person, right? The financially independent retire early because I do like to live. I've never heard that. And I feel like it's something I should have heard by now, but I've never heard that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, that's that's a big thing. They've got, and they have like fat fire, which is basically do it big. Right, you want to live a good life, so you want a bigger. You know, it's not just a, a shoestring thing. Um, but I, I think that those are often different crowds, and they kind of have to be because if you are entrepreneurial and you know that you're going to take risks, that is the opposite direction of penny pinching and living as cheaply as you can to maximize your investments over a long duration of time. Right, because um, if people ask me what the biggest thing that happened was this year, I'd say. Uh, I don't have to eat ramen noodles as much anymore. I still do. I, I, I still eat them, but it's like the mac and cheese thing, right? Like spiral mac. Spiral mac is great. It tastes awesome. Um, it has a different taste when you have to eat it, not when you want to eat it. So when you're, when you're forced to eat Kraft mac and cheese, it very quickly does not taste as good. We, yeah, we've been on that kick. Lauren, we got a, she's got a bunch of medical debt that she's paying for, um, and it's like financially constricted us, but then Evergrow kind of took off earlier this year. And then it's been, it's been helpful because she's been able to take care of that. And then I've been able to like literally take care of everything. Um, but it hasn't allowed us to live large. I used to count all the times we've been traveling, but, uh, which is something we can talk about too. So like, aside from Evergrow and the podcast, like Evergrow is, is, um, ever growing. So. Like we closed, we, we talked about this in our Columbia episode in like the thirties. I can't remember which, which one it was, but, um, we closed last year at 233,000 in revenue. And I think it was 120 K in profit. Is that right? Does it sound right? Uh, sounds about right. We'll pretend it's right. Um, and then we went to, so, um, now like we're projected at over half a million conservatively, if we close this year out how we're doing right now and take on no additional clients, um, which we've also stopped acquiring clients until September. So our doors are closed. And if we kept them closed until the end of the year, we're still projected at over double of what we got last year. So huge growth in, in Evergrow, um, huge growth in the podcast, and then also some huge growth in our personal lives as well. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you already know, what a lot of this growth is like you, but you know, this is a good episode to kind of recap, to show you like it's been a year, but let's remind you of how much can change in one year. Um, I'll start it off. Uh, I went to Mexico last October and got engaged. So we, that was like the first like real, actually, no, it wasn't, uh, last year in July, I bought a house. My first house in uh, in Minnesota, well, first house ever, but also in Minnesota, and um, I was able to buy that with only my name on the loan. So Lauren didn't even co-sign for it um, as a as a second 
loan person, but or a second signee. So all online, and we did that on purpose because one, it forced us to live um, within our means. Where if one of us lost one or both of our jobs, uh, like for me, if I lost both my jobs, if Evergrow tanked for whatever reason, and then I lost my day job, uh, Lauren could afford this house on her own, and we could eat ramen noodles every day. Well, she can't because now, because of a life update I'll talk about this year. Um, she got celiac. She got diagnosed with celiac disease in January, and she can no longer have gluten, which means she can no longer have poor ramen noodle food. Uh, she can have rice, though. Rice is still on the menu. Um, Good. Rice slaps. So, um, but we bought our house in July. We moved in. We started doing remodels. Then we went to, in October, we went to Mexico uh, for a wedding. And then I also proposed on the beach. Um, spent between like July and October designing the ring. Uh, as well and then what in shortly after that in january we went to Colombia as a as a team and spent or just over a week there i think or a week exactly um and that was really awesome that was my first time like out of the country that wasn't connected to the u.s um Mm -hmm. i guess by way of central america is but um yeah and that all happened within like six months. Like we started the podcast in May and then July to, to January, um, that all happened. And then when Lauren came back, no, before we went to Columbia, she was diagnosed with celiac because when we were in Columbia, she had like that one cracker, uh, cause she wanted to try it. <laughs> she wanted to try it and it just totally destroyed her. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then what happened? What happened after Columbia? We went uh, not a whole lot. It's been kind of slow. Yeah, slow. I turned For thirty. You. I turned that was big. I turned thirty in April. Well, yes, yeah. it wasn't slow. You're right. It wasn't slow. We, <laughs> but it was life events were slow. I feel like because we were so we were in our caves just working and and getting things done. Um, we sold that franch or we we became a partner of the franchise. Um, which, we got a, our first major corporate deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you scheduled everything for Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think a couple things, uh, to remember when we're telling people like a lot can happen in a year, a lot can happen in a year, but I, I'm a big believer in that. I think you can reinvent your entire life in five years. I think it might take a year to do it, to set down a solid like groundwork and foundation, because we're currently, we, Jake and I started in 2019. So we have 2019, year one, mm. uh, 20, 21, 22. We are currently in year five, right, of of active management of the business. And yes, that's when things um, started to get very cool. At the same time, um, it wasn't the exact same time, but it was very, wait, was it? It might have been very, no, it was one year off. Um I went back to school at the same time and there's nothing more brutal on your ego than, I mean, it's already very ego crushing to leave your day job and, you know, take the, the dive into the deep end of entrepreneurship and just hoping that it's going to work and betting on yourself. You don't have your network anymore. Um, I mean, it, it was, I'm sure like it was very important for me to at least have a partner because if it was a solo thing, that would have been even more brutal. Um, but so that's soul crushing in its own way, because it's very testing. It's very trying. You have to prove yourself now go back to school, right? Where you're an idiot again, you know, nothing you're learning a language, not, not even an easy one, like one of the hardest ones. And now you're an, you're an idiot in two places, right? (laughs) You're, you're done at your business because now you're doing the things that you never knew that you needed to know. I don't know if I even said that right. Um, before, like it's, it's all new there. It's all new at school. And then every, you know, usually when people hit 30 around 30, that's when they put their feet up a little bit. They buy the house. They, um, well, you bought a house, but you didn't put your feet up. <laughs> yeah, well, I was also, it was also 29 when I bought the house. So still in my twenties. <laughs> um, but people do, they finally give themselves a little bit of a break usually. Right. And you've earned it at that point. And instead I said, no breaks, let's just make it harder. Uh, which I guess is very Japanese in some ways too. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, but it it took that's a long time, and we're we're for me in like my personal life, I'm seeing the results in year five, and I think that's very. I think people should expect that sort of thing. I, I think you can you can lay down the foundation and the groundwork and in year one, and then it's going to be very uneventful. And you're going to second guess yourself and be very confused and wonder why uh, why you're doing it. I mean, it's it's going to be very challenging. Um, year two isn't much better, honestly, usually. <laughs> like, it's marginally better. Year three, things... I think really start picking up. So I I think that every single year though a lot changes. It, it's just maybe not like as extravagant, but like a lot changes relatively. So it's a domino. I mean, I think yeah, I mean, it, it is. So I think I think incrementally, like every year, more and more bigger things happen. Like you mm-hmm. start knocking down bigger dominoes. Um, but like even even when you're in year one and year two, like there's still a lot of small dominoes to knock down, and there's and every single one of those is a great accomplishment. So like when we started in year one, um, we not only like started from ground zero, no clients, um, we exploded. We had like ten clients at the end of year one, and that was big. Mm-hmm. And um, we uh, we're in a position to hire our first employee at the start of year uh, two, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, we uh, we did a lot. Like I, um, well, I moved to a different town. I think uh, there's just like a lot personally. I can't even, it's been so long ago now. I can't even remember. Um, we have some miles. That's the other fun thing too, right? Is that it, it I, does change. A, like it gives you, people say all the time, like entrepreneurship, it gives you an avenue to make change in your life that normally just takes more time at a day job. And of course you take the risk of failing, but again, that's just something I I can't, when people bring it up, I just can't relate to it. And I just tell them, look, then it's just not for you. If you're just afraid of that, if if you're still in that mindset of, but what if it doesn't work or what if I fail? And I'm like, okay, what's so great about your life right now? That's, you know, that you're so worried about losing. I, yeah. that's i just can't i, I can't relate i'll say this so th- this is the magnitude of, of things that, that's different so in year four which is where we're at um we are um where are we in year four or are we in year five 2019 2020 2021 oh we're in year five you're right we've completed four yeah. years so yeah. okay so year so year five um where we're at is over half a million in revenue um we're looking at hiring our third and possibly our fourth employee um we are looking at moving portion of the business to japan um we're both going to japan we're both using business expenses to pay for flights uh everywhere where we have a big franchise partnership we have um uh we're, we're going to uh, speak at a, a national conferences in, in our in our landscaping industry um but in, like those are big success, successes for us. Those are bigger, relatively sized dominoes for us at this current point in time. But in year one, we were some of the dominoes that we had were um, I just you know recalling this. Um, we got published in Turf Magazine. We got published in uh, twice in Turf Magazine. We got published in Green Industry Pros Magazine. We got published in Lawn and Landscape Magazine. We appeared on industry podcasts. Like those were really big dominoes for year one, and. It, it's only once we got to year two, three, and four that the dominoes progressively got bigger and bigger and getting published in a magazine is nothing for us. Uh, we have the contacts. We can just reach out to say, hey, we want to push this, and they will. And I'm sure in year 10, our year five accomplishments that we're doing right now will seem so tiny. And uh-huh. and that's the way it just goes in every year. Like every year, you have to look at the accomplishments that you made, and a lot can change. But then when you reflect on that, in year five, it looks like we did nothing in year one. I, I look at the revenue sheet, I'm like, we made $16,000 in year one. And I'm like, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, that's all I had. <laughs> I didn't have a, a lot there. We did a pretty good reflection on, per, what? how about you? Wait, we didn't even talk about what you did in, in uh, this last year. What are some of the changes you made in your life in this last year? What does that mean? Well, I don't get it. What'd you do in your personal life? I, I can think of a couple things that you did that were changing, that were that were new for you. 
Um, I think it's just that to me, the way I see, I do, I see it. This, this was the domino year because I see people saying it up to me now. They're like, wow, that's crazy. You're going to, you went to Japan and Colombia in one year, right? Like, and because the business is an avenue for personal lives too. It's very hard to separate business from personal um, when the business is personal. That's why it's just a joke when people are like, ah, it's not business or I mean, it's not personal. It's just business. It's like, okay, well, business is personal. So, you know, <laughs> so it is personal. Um, Want to be here without yeah. business? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's been a major domino thing. Um, and then uh, the it's just been... The, I'd, the last three years for me have been a constant grind and this year is finally the the break uh, and it's not even necessarily a break because I'm not slowing down it's finally up to breathe and realize oh you've done things um, and you, you're actually seeing results for them now you know, so, something that I forgot to mention too is we got our, we got our onboarding processes documented this last year and that was something we didn't have before and that was a huge game changer for us and yep but I'll also help you on your own personal life goals. I think you were really bad at setting, at, at remembering and recalling smaller goals. Oh, I'm past negative. <laughs> I mean, I think you know that. If people ask me too, they're like, anything that already happened is bad. That's how I see things. Um, uh, I just, I, I look back at the past in a negative light and I always look positive to the future. Um, <laughs> so uh, you got engaged also. <laughs> sure we can call it that yeah it doesn't like labels but you know that's what it is you, you paid for an ice ring and you gave it to her and it's on a ring finger and that usually means uh it's and it's a diamond so um there you go um then what else did you do you um uh you had your what you're on your third or fourth year of japanese now just wrapped a third year and going into fourth year now too and i told them too, all the all my classmates i said guys i'm going to japan um if it's really cool there and i get set up in some way like business support stuff i can rant about that if people actually care to know about the logistics of business in japan because i've learned quite a bit but i told them like i'm not coming back sorry <laughs> i'm just i'll drop out well you that's for talking to you yeah you asked me about this you're like and i think lauren might have been there too she's like uh but yeah, you were saying, you know, should I, or I was asking her opinion too, but she's like, should I, you know, what if I, you know, get a chance to come back here or stay here or, or do logistical stuff with J- Japan? Like, is it worth it to come back and do my class? And like, only, I guess only if you want the accreditation, but I mean, if your goal is to actually do business in Japan and you have the ability to learn it for free or get paid to learn it in Japan, like right. it's, you know, that's a no brainer. Yeah. I, uh, I bought a, I bought my first Japanese book that's not a children's book and not a learning book. And it's, it's called, I don't even know how to translate it. It's like the manual for foreigners to establish their company in Japan. It's like, like a very, oh, it's cool. and it's written, it's written in Japanese. Yeah. It's on Japanese. The kanji, it's terrible. Um, I can't actually read a lot of it yet. So is it, is it, was it written by someone who was English and then translated it? Is that why it's terrible? No, I think I no, I think uh I think they're Japanese and they just kind of specialized in it. Like uh it's the kind of thing that they do, like as a specialization. Why is it kind of uh, terrible? But it's just I'm not smart enough yet. Oh, so I mean, you're terrible. Right, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you made it seem like it was the book's fault. And I was like, mm. No. <laughs> um so there are, I've been going through a book and uh, there are, I think, 2,400 kanji that most Japanese know by the time they graduate high school. And I am not yet to the, I'm between 800 and 900 so far. Um, mm. So I'm not yet even halfway. Um, right now, I've just been trying to do four a day through the summer. I just can't do it during school. It's too brutal and too much. Um, so at this rate, you know, if I was able to do that outside of school, I'd have it down in under two years. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, but it's just hard. It's just really hard. 
I need to keep practicing Spanish. My semester ended, um, but I still have access to all my learning materials, and I don't do the flashcards like I should. And um, I have been I have been speaking uh, quite a bit of Spanish to Lisa and some other people that I can when when I can. And when I was in Tampa uh, last weekend uh, for my sister's graduation, um, I would just like randomly say shit in Spanish. And like uh, we were swimming in the pool, and um, I was, I said like I'm gonna go swim in the pool, and then immediately after that I said, um, "Voy a uh, nadar en el or la piscina," which is uh, I'm going to go swimming in the pool. <laughs> like <laughs> I probably said something wrong in the beginning, but like. Um, that's kind of like at the stage that I'm at. Like if I, 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 if I think about it long enough, I can say the thing that I'm going to say. Um, but usually what I do is I'll say the thing that I'm going to say in Spanish and then I'll open Google translate it. And then I'll like translate, I'll go to Spanish to English and I'll type it in. I'm like, did that translate appropriately? And then, um, and then I'll do it reverse of the English to Spanish and then see if it's still translated properly. And like 90% of the time I'm right. But I still do it like every time because I'm just not sure of myself. That's nice that you can do it though with Google Translate that it works that well, that they're close enough. You yeah, with, just... with Spanish, it's pretty well. The hard part too is like, like, uh, uh, there's a lot of like Spanish phrases that make sense in Spanish, but then don't translate well in, um, English. And so, like, um, in Spanish, you would say, like, I, hope you find yourself doing well but in english when you when you say that in spanish in english it just translates i hope you're doing well yeah but you but that find verb is in there it's just yeah it's just kind of like it makes sense in english but like in english we don't say that we just leave it out mm-hmm. uh, yeah that makes sense but it's necessary in spanish or else it sounds weird and uh i don't know i sometimes i don't understand but uh no, I think we're at a good time. Um, I don't want to bore people with just kind of non-value-adding stuff for the next, you know, <laughs> 30 more minutes. Well, as this whole episode, potentially. Um, it was just kind of us humble bragging on <laughs> how cool things have gotten. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think final points that I think are just worth bringing up are like, we've gotten the podcast to a cool point. Um, we want to keep growing it in a helpful and useful way. Please communicate that sort of stuff to us so that we can be helpful and useful and in a way that's not not growing into every other podcast that's out there that's the number one thing we're trying to avoid we don't listen to them and neither do you because they suck and they're boring and how do we how do we tread this fine line of not going overly professional so that it's just super lame and not going full bro guru um garbage there there was um someone told me that they they found our podcast somehow i don't know exactly how but and he doesn't either but he said he avoided listening to it for a while and finally broke down and listened to it and now he's binged it ever since and the reason why he avoided listening avoided listening to it is because of the name which is what i kind of fought you about when we first started this and he goes i just thought it was going to be one of those bro marketing podcasts that i absolutely hate <laughs> i was like i knew it <laughs> that's why i thought it was funny though it's it i don't know there was a meme a while back that it makes me think of and it just reminds me of my life now and it's like you start saying bro ironically at first because you think it's funny and then you just keep saying it and then you get to a point where you're not saying it ironically anymore and it's just a part of you and who you are in your life and we are very not growy so it is funny um because in a lot of true bro-y business environments, I just get really weird and uncomfortable. I'm like, I can't relate to you guys. I don't, I don't know what's happening here. I've heard this bro marketing podcast before, and they're cringy to listen to, but they're not cringy in a good way that I want to listen to it. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. But I was, um, he finally did break down, listen to it, and he, and, and he, and I don't know. He's happy with it. But I... I was like, well, we're 52 weeks, now 53 weeks into it. It's not changing. So thanks, Cody. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. I also feel like can't, can't put Ever Bros on a t-shirt. It just looks weird. So here we are. <laughs> All right. 
Guys, I think that's all we had for this episode. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, um, say something. Um, if you didn't, that's fine too, I guess. But we just really wanted to have this because we didn't want 52 weeks to go by and then us just not say anything about it or just kind of reserve it for a cold open. I think it was important to to mark the milestone and then uh, move on. So we'll return next week with, with something that's uh, uh, a bit more valuable that we have in the pipeline. So, uh, But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. See you.